0: What is up wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number two hundred and four of Smack Talk presented by com. I am of course your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic for this episode I've got Steven Wago.
1: I'm not here to lie.
0: Sean Walker.
2: I'm in a drunken state. And Mike Payton. <gasps> huh? Too many of those this week. <laughs> Too
0: many of So, our main event for this episode is going to be the mailbag questions that you guys had sent in, as well as an edition of Wrestling with the Past, where we talk about Hell in a Cell. And we've got the hot tags coming up in part two. We've got the rest told in part three, the fantasy league at the end of the show. And part one is the way that it always is the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. If you don't know what that is, let me give you a quick breakdown here. Ask Him is a two question segment. One part is for the panel, one part is for the audience. They both tie in together in some fashion, in some way, because they have some centralized theme, whatever the case may be. So let's uh, before we get into whatever and in up being the uh, set of questions, let's go into last week's, and those were both Iron Man match related because we had had that NXT takeover match. So question to the panel: Who wrestled in the first Iron Man match in WWE history? Answer to that one was the Rockers had defeated the fabu- Fabulous Fabulous at a house show in Montreal Forum, April 8th, 1989. And then they followed it up on June 8th in the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago with the exact same result. Question to the audience, who won the most recent Iron Man match in WWE? And that ended up being a 15-minute time limit draw between CJ Parker and Jason Jordan at an FCW house show on April 10th, 2012. So neither person ended up winning that. See, who said what here? Declan Macri says, congrats on 2,000 subscribers. Thank you for that, Declan. Also says, Super Cena against Randy Orton forgot the pay-per-view, though, but it was in 2009. Eh, wrong. Christopher Marin says, Cena because Orton couldn't hang on for eight seconds. Again, wrong. Mono Apex says, and his name is John Cena. Fuck TNA, fuck Lenny Paffo, and fucking well done on 2,000 subscribers. Thank you, Mono Apex. Watchman King says, John Cena, Christopher Marin says, oh wait, no, I already did that. He said it twice. No, he said it three times, Cena, because Orton couldn't hang on for eight seconds. All three of those. All wrong. And uh, rest of the Show says, I believe Cena and Orton had one in 2009, so yeah, Cena won that one. Everybody fell for it. It is an NXT house show one, so ha. Huh? Fucking Tony question gets you again. So, questions for this week. These are going to be Hell in a Cell match related, because obviously Hell in a Cell is coming up. Question to the panel Which event had the most amount of Hell in a Cell matches in it?
3: That was 2011?
2: Nope. Was it 12? of those? 10? Nope. Nine. Was it the one with Ryback right versus CM S- 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 Punk?
0: 2009, I had three matches, and those were F- in Q- Newark and Jay. Question to the audience Which city has hosted the most Hell in a Cell matches? This is Cardiff of all the different uh, times that we've had, it, whether it was on a pay-per-view or not on the same pay-per-view. So if you think you know the answer to that, or you want to just take a random guess, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartCountMoment with the hashtag AskHim, or leave a comment on the SmartCountMoment page itself. Next episode, I'll give you the answer to that one and run down everything else that you guys say as well. And we are going to continue on in part two with the hot tags of the week. So if you are listening on iTunes and Stitcher, you're not going to do anything. you got to do a little bit of work if you're on YouTube, and all you got to do is click on that next part. Welcome back, everybody. We are on part two. It's time for the Hot Tags of the Week. Some current events, some news, some rumors, stories, whatever the hell else that's going on in the world of professional wrestling for the past couple of days. Let's get right into the one that I'm sure everybody's got a lot to talk about here. Josh Gad's going to be writing a gorgeous George movie. Anybody going to check it out? I'm not. Just got that, uh, the dude from Pixels, he looks like the discount, um, Jonah Hill.
1: Alright. I get, I get who Gorgeous George is, but let's face it, nobody really knows him other than, yo, that guy that Muhammad Ali once mentioned. Isn't Gorgeous
3: George a monkey? It would probably be good to have done this when he went into the Hall of Fame a few years ago, and not, like, now.
2: What the fuck am I thinking of? You're thinking
3: of Curious George.
1: Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's the
0: one. Yeah, the same person. Yeah, it's like a crossover, right? It's like a uh, Batman v Superman, Gorgeous George versus Curious George. <laughs> Watch
2: it.
3: Well, here's the thing: if this guy is like a serious name, and this actually gets some money behind it, and there's actually like a halfway big budget movie coming out with the story of Gorgeous George, you know, they they do these biopics all the time. Why 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 not? That'd be cool. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, the Gorgeous George movie premise, I can't imagine really sticking out to me, but being a wrestling fan and stuff might be one of the things I'd check out. I'm never sure, though. I definitely won't check it out if it ends up being WWE Studios.
1: I won't go out of my way to see it. If it's something that's on Netflix or or when I'm flicking through the TV, it pops up. I'm fine with it, but it's nothing that I'm highly interested in. did pixels flop?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, well, there you go. I'm not going to watch it. And it shouldn't have. No,
3: Pixel shouldn't have flopped. You would need to get over their Adam Sandler bias. Did you see it? Yeah. Have we decent? It's actually pretty
0: good.
4: Hmm. It's one I one of those, be- like,
0: download myself. list for me. Wasn't going to pay ten bucks to see it.
3: It's got a lot of laughs, a lot of good nostalgia, a lot of good visuals. Adam Sandler is kept to a minimum. In fact, his whole crew is like only there as much as they need to be. They're not throwing your face.
1: And it's just a lot of fun. There does it have go. Adam does it have Adam Sandler in it? <laughs> yeah. It's so oh, it's terrible. <laughs>
4: we to, we so that was another in the to Water Boy, too.
0: We've got uh WWE is gonna be working with ESPN for a weekly top five moments in WWE show. It's a good little step forward in kind of bridging that gap between real sports, fake sports, whatever the hell else you want to call it, but I'm sure there's going to be some kind of criticism of people going like, oh, why are you covering the fake shit on here or whatever? Fuck you. They're real sports. They're just scripted. That's it. Any thoughts on this, anybody?
1: Sorry, I wasn't sure what the question was exactly, but... uh... The ESPN thing. I... I think it's cool that they're getting some exposure on another network and a major network at that. Um, unfortunately, no real sports fan is going to take WWE seriously, and that's mainly because they're not the target audience. Um, if they're going to have a weekly show on ESPN, I think they're going to have to prepare it more like a sport rather than what we're used to. Well, they, they can think. run clips however they want says
3: that something they're bound to do however WWE wants them to do.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a good thing that Coachman's involved too, because he obviously knows both ends of the spectrum. So he's not one of those guys that like, I can't really like you know, send out an actual name cause I don't follow ESPN, but like, I know this guy's not ESPN, so don't, you know, do that kind of shit. But like, can you imagine somebody like an Anderson Cooper or whatever like that trying to do this kind of a thing? He wouldn't know the first thing about it. But Jonathan Coachman's been involved for years, so he's going to treat it with the proper respect. So I think that's good.
3: Well, they have him. They have Todd Grisham, and I'm sure there's other guys in the staff that are just you know wrestling fans. Well, I bet don't Todd put, Russell Simmons guy there too. Don't put Grisham on this
0: shit.
1: <laughs> no, I bet. Todd, I bet uh, Todd Grisham would fucking hate to be involved in it. To be quite honest, I think he wants as far away from WWE as he can get.
0: He'd be like, oh, WWE. Oh this, shit's, oh, this shit's following me? Oh, look at I that. Have, We're gonna go to our uh, next clip. It's Christian.
2: Because I don't have ESPN in this country. Well, we do, but it's ESPN-like. We don't get any other fucking talk shows or anything.
1: Well, you do have
2: ESPN. You've just gotta pay for it monthly. Yeah. Which I do, sadly, because it's part of the BT package. Oh, uh, Also, but, yes, UFC events Sky Sports over here does um, monthly things for the WWE. Like whenever they're over here, we'll have a wrestler. They put them on Sky Sports News, and that's a big thing. And WrestleMania is always a big thing on Sky Sports News in this country. So you never know. It might take off. It's a cool I'm story, here. but I'm more excited that TNA is going to start getting coverage by
3: ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs>
0: We got two stories about Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron or whatever you uh, want to call him nowadays. One is Mr. Z-Z-Z-Z-Z has left AAA due to him being involved and problems between the two of them because that goes way back. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised about that. But Del Rio also had a problem with the Germany uh, West Side Extreme Wrestling Company through... Some issues with his deal. I mean, he has an issue with uh, the flight situation that I totally understand. He goes through business class, and they decided that they were going to try to bump him the coach. And, you know, for his arguments, he was just kind of like, dude, that's really fucking uncomfortable, and that's not what we agreed to. Totally understand his point of view. And there's actually reports that he might be coming back to WWE, which I really hope doesn't happen because I'm so sick of Del Rio. I know he hasn't been a part of this company for a while, but I I still don't want to see him back. So I I can't really speak about what's happening with the whole uh, Senkara original, whatever the hell else uh, he goes by now. That situation is whatever it is. Totally back Del Rio when it comes to WXW. Totally don't back him when it comes to coming back to WWE. All three issues. What do you guys think about it, Payton?
3: I don't see any reason why he would want to come to WWE. He's basically the hottest free agent outside of WWE. I, I think he's worth far more outside of there. You know, he may not be walking around with the 12 titles he was at one point. Still doing very well for himself. I mean, this guy's performing all over the world. He's involved with almost every company that's got any type of exposure besides WWE. I mean, he's he's in AAA he's he's in um, lucha underground like i don't think he would dare step foot in tna although i do hear that he tried they tried to get him once <laughs> i don't
4: I think, think he's think smarter than that
3: him, <laughs> yeah yeah uh whatever i continue to uh enjoy his work more while he's away from them
0: go, what do you think about these stories
1: Okay, so I'll go into the Sin Cara one first. I think it's hilarious that they actually gave him his release because he wanted to get out of there as soon as Del Rio showed up. Um, so he's back at CMLL, and no one's going to watch him there either. Um, as far as the whole... Was it XWX or WXW? WXW.
4: Remember.
1: WXW, anyway... Um, there's so many shady promoters out there that try and pull a dirty on the boys that I'm glad that Del Rio just snubbed him. You can't do that. If you, and then if you personally let people do that to you, other so people will take advantage of you. So Del Rio was 100% in his rights. I'm glad he stood up for himself and fuck that guy. There was another, oh, and WWE, as far as I've heard, he's coming back for the Mexican tour. Um, so I think that'd be a good payday for him and then, he can continue whatever else he's doing. Because he's also signed a MMA contract, too. So,
4: hmm.
0: Sean, what do you think? Do you want uh, Del Rio to come back?
2: <laughs> fuck, though. I want him to do what the Mexican thought was be out on this show. And fall down the stairs and break his fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> what? All I heard fuck was... that,
1: frick. What? I... What the fuck did you say?
0: <laughs> Basically, well, it translates to he wants Del Rio to
2: die. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Fuck that guy. Fucking Mike. Uh, I can't stand Del Rio. His, his feud was shameless. Was... And the only good thing about Del Rio was uh,
1: Ricardo. There you go.
2: I'll have Ricardo back. Fuck Del Rio.
1: I'd love this. Like, they're on a fucking talk show on the news, and someone just goes, So what do you think? Oh, well, as far as I'm concerned uh, on this topic... <laughs> <laughs> yep. well, could
0: you elaborate on that well
2: I want you to fall down the steps and break your dark and die <laughs> yeah pretty much just, just just fall down the stairs you know cripple yourself you No, know, don't die because if he dies then we'll never get the end of it but if he cripples himself and he's in a wheelchair like um, like uh, Christopher Reeves nobody's gonna give a shit
0: Some, uh, strong opinions there from Sean <laughs> we
2: got two things with
0: NXT a debut and somebody who's leaving Blue Pants no longer going to be in WWE and NXT. There's some stories before that she had rubbed people the wrong way when it came to her deal, and maybe that ends up being the reason why she's leaving. But then we get, in her absence, James Storm is in WWE now. He's going to be popping up in TNA and in NXT, at least for a little bit here. There's not really like a concrete deal like there is with Samoa Joe, but... You know, that's how Samoa Joe started out, and he ended up getting a concrete deal. So, James Storm could be the next, like, regular roster member that we get moving from TNA over to WWE. And it, I gotta say, step up, man. I'm not a huge, huge James Storm fan, and he's not the type of guy where I think that they should put a lot of stock into him. But I welcome him in NXT. Why not, right? Let's tag in.
3: I also, think just like Samoa Joe and a lot of the other guys who crossed over, first night there was probably the happiest day he's had in his career in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, passionate fans that
2: are here. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's like performing in front of non-carboard cattle
3: people. I mean, he went out and from the pictures I've seen, he's, he's dyed his beard. Uh, I'm sure he's going to work on the gut more as time goes on. That's probably what WWE is waiting on. They're waiting to see if he can trim the weight like Joe did. And uh, I I think he may be someone who can get a good deal there.
0: What do you think about Blue Pants?
3: I think she'll come back around. I think they're going to wait for the heat to die down a little bit. Plus, I think they're a little saturated on new female talent. Uh, They got Asuka. They got Dana Brooke. They're repackaging Emma. They got Eva Marie. Now they got Nia Jax, who just debuted tonight. I just don't think there's any room for blue pants right now. She's doing her own thing on the indies, so that's probably why they'd rather have her there than just be a roaming jobber face like they have with like um Evie or these other girls that they have there now. Um when the time is right, I'm sure they'll give her a call again. Evie? She was uh the jobber they had uh Nia Jax face tonight. I don't even know who the fuck she was.
0: Uh yeah, I didn't watch NXT yet. Is she decent, Nia Jax?
3: Um she's got potential. The crowd liked her outfit was fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, they got to do some work with that. She had on this blue skin tight weird thing on. I don't know. It was not working for me or her. I should say um, she had a few decent moves. Like I said, the crowd reacted to her. They were doing the Naya's gonna kill you. <laughs> she's uh, No, she's actually healed. But you know, yeah. The NXT crowd. <laughs> um, I, I'd say she's someone to keep an eye on. She, she needs improvement, but that's what NXT is for. And speaking of improvement, man, Baron Corbin. Again, just pulling these moves. Like I'm like, where, where
2: did this guy learn how to do this? I told you, when to watch.
0: <laughs> well, Sean, what do you think about James Storm and Blue Pants?
2: I like James Storm, but personally, I think I would have preferred Bobby Roode. <sighs> I'm still say-
0: thinking he's going to pop up. I can't imagine that they didn't put out the feelers for Bobby Roode.
3: I think he's- Bobby Roode was probably just too booked with pre-obligations. And he may just be someone they have coming in later on down the line.
0: He probably also realizes that he's got a better chance at being a regular guy than the other mm-hmm. people. So he's probably going like, well, let me see what happens with these other guys. Like yeah, Joe I and could... Storm can go there. They could be the kind of testing uh, grounds a little bit. WWE can get there like, because you know, they got to be hesitant to push these guys because they are such TNA guys. Mm-hmm. You know, let them take the heat a little bit. And then, when they've gotten to the point where they go, oh, these guys actually kind of work out, then they go, remember that Bobby Roode guy? Let's just
2: hotshot him.
0: I can see that happening.
2: And I agree with what Payton said about uh, Jim Storm, like being happy, like performing in front of a live studio audience instead of two and guys. Yeah, oh, this is amazing. I can go to catering and it's just the wrestlers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can go to
2: catering and there's food. There's this this hot war and the showers. <laughs> and uh,
0: no, I'm there's kind
1: of- a shower.
0: <laughs> we got benches I- backstage that I can sit down on. <laughs> is that electricity? Like, <laughs> trash bags that they keep trying to pass off as beanbag chairs.
2: Oh, uh, fucking a. That we gotta take I out mean- at night. <laughs> i um, Blue Pants I'm kind of devastated because I'm a big fan of Blue Pants and and I was thinking about buying her Blue Pants t-shirt at one point they like never even promoted that shirt I know it's a good shirt
0: it's probably cuz it's like counterproductive it's a Blue Pants shirt <laughs>
3: <laughs> if they ever do bring her back they're going to have to repackage her and give her a new name that's the only thing that sucks Blue Pants yeah Blue Pants yeah Go
1: um, you can't do it in that arena unless you turn her heel. Rainer, the arena, the
2: arena. I like a clown gimmick that she's doing on the indies though. That's pretty cool.
0: She's just like I needed a change, and that's why you can now call me khakis.
3: Well, she she does like a cosplayer thing on the indies. She dresses up as all different types of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah she maybe she'll up just- as some um, Charlie Chaplin at the moon. She's supposed dress up as Finn Balor. That's pretty hot as well. I've never seen Charlie Chaplin so fit. No, nah, you didn't watch all his movies then. Well, dang. <laughs> what do you, go, <laughs> what you think blue about Storm and uh, Stormy Chapman, Blue Pants? Charlie Chaplin himself, alright? I'm not gay. <laughs> alright.
1: <laughs> um, as far as Blue Pants goes, I could see her rubbing people the wrong way because the report is that she was really happy about getting over, even though she is an assigned member. If that's something you let slip, I could see a couple people back there getting butt hurt over it. The wrestling's such a petty business, but she I doubt she's burnt any bridges for long. She's a good hand to bring in. Um, as far as James Storm goes, very happy. I'm a big fan of James Storm. I actually prefer him over Bobby Roode. Um, I know Bobby Roode's a better worker. I've just always enjoyed James Storm's character better. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I'm hoping that they I'll end up signing, uh, goddamn Sean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was waiting for you to say the rub me the wrong way thing. <clears throat> so, I don't know, Sean's just knocked me off a fucking track, but I'm very happy that he's back, and I hope he doesn't <laughs> Do you think we'll things. ever
3: see a reunion
1: of him and Brayden Walker? <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as I fucking saw that he came, um, the thing I posted on Twitter is, uh, knock knock, who's there? It's not Brayden Walker, but it's pretty fucking close. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What if they did that for like one night? They brought him back, and the NXT crowd would just go fucking ballistic.
1: <laughs> oh, they'd love that shit. That's the perfect place to do it. They would
0: eat that shit up so much. It'd be it'd be worth it
1: is to bring Brayden
0: Walker in there.
1: Does James Storm could a promo yet? Because he could totally do it though. Knock knock. Who's there? James Storm. <laughs> <laughs> and he just
0: looks right at the camera and winks. <laughs> It's a phone call later on. Dude, what the fuck, man? A couple years have gone by. People aren't talking about this as much anymore. Now they are again. You asshole.
3: (laughs) Might be the best thing it could do because it might get him back in the eye.
0: Right, yeah. He's not doing anything right now, is he? He's probably wrestling for like... Not that everybody knows. And our last hot tag of the week, King Barrett said in an interview that the next thing he really wants to do with his career is to go into the tag team division. He said he's kind of gotten a little bit tired of being a singles wrestler, especially a singles heel. And he loves what's happening with the tag team division right now, so he wants to be a part of it. So since then, we've been seeing him tagging up with Sheamus the past two episodes of Monday Night Raw and uh, SmackDown this week. Might be getting a tag team between the two of them.
4: Maybe okay. somebody
3: else? What was wrong to- with him and Stardust? They don't like each other anymore. But that was a good <laughs> tag team. Why'd they break them up if that was the he wanted to do? He actually it- said specifically that he
1: wanted to keep that going. Good thing to note there is he said he's sick of being a singles heel. Turn him babyface. Mm-hmm. The bad news gimmick is better as a babyface gimmick. It's got so much fucking potential. In fact, I could see him get a main event rub if it catch, catches on well enough. Or at least, like, United States title reign. Like, um, there's a fucking, like, high ceiling for him if he's uh switches to babyface. Everybody a think it's
3: a high ceiling, because once he gets in that thing that lifts him up, sometimes it just keeps going and going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the guy is fucking ultra-talented, and everybody wants to sing along with I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It's fun as fuck to say. Turn him babyface. I don't give a fuck about tag teams. I don't need another front to give a tag team.
0: The only thing I could see happening with the situation that could turn in that is maybe they realized that they missed their, the boat when it came to the Stardust thing. Maybe they're gonna put him in a tag team with somebody like a Sheamus, and then have him turn this time around. Because they can't break up another tag team with him and not have him turn face.
1: Oh, that would actually be a really good person to turn him face against.
0: Because mm-hmm. Nobody likes Seamus. Yeah. Like, he would clearly be the babyface between the two of them. And what the hell else is Seamus doing? He's really been doing nothing for the
2: past two months. So it's like, only money wrestling in the bank matches. winner. And that way, Bad back and can win money in the bank, and then everything is right in the fucking world. And all the, totally and, for
4: that.
1: and all the bad news he could give Seamus about the way he looks and shit, it'd be fucking great.
2: It's just
0: as simple as, like, well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. You look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. It'd
1: be great, like if he raises the podium just for that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, like three minutes of him raising the podium. you look dumb. <laughs> 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 going back down again. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So if we don't see him tag up with somebody like Seamus, anybody have any uh, suggestions to who else they'd like to see him tag with? The only other thing I can think of is if they went ahead and did turn him baby face, maybe him and Neville.
2: I love Neville.
1: Fandango.
0: Yeah, what the hell else is Fandango doing? I
1: don't know. Like, give fucking him the rose again. Uh, like, Barrett used to have a rose for a while or some type of fucking flower. And that'll work. They can blend the team together. Give him a fucking fancy jacket.
0: <laughs> Cesaro. So Fandango's dancing and Barrett's just standing there. I oh, have yeah, this Boo! rose.
4: Boo!
1: <laughs> That'd be great just uh, screaming that for Fandango's uh, entrance.
0: <laughs> totally, like, not going to the beat. <laughs> do, 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 boom!
1: Boom! I think we have our outro.
0: <laughs> God, I hope we think of something better. If we don't. I apologize.
1: <laughs> oh, I just thought that would totally be one of those awful thrown um, together uh, theme songs that they do. Because oh, like when they uh, just had Curtis Axel's play over Ryback's,
0: and the the worst of them all was that uh, Goldust Cody Rhodes
1: one. I hated that so much.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. The worst one for me was Edge and Randy Orms. Uh, oh, they
3: uh, the
1: yeah, just they they, they yeah, just stopped that. the song halfway through, played the other, and then stopped it halfway through again. Yeah,
3: they just like slid the fader <laughs> back and forth while those two songs were playing. What a fucking like, lazy. I piece did of shit. shit.
1: I did shit better when I was thirteen. I'm fucking playing with audacity for the first time.
0: Like they're sitting there backstage talking about doing this or whatever to Jim Johnston. and They're like, Hey Jim, can you like mix these two together? And he's like, dude, I got like three minutes. He's <laughs> just like, you hit pause. I'm like, all right, fine. Well, that's it for the hot tags for this week. Make sure that you leave your comments below. <laughs> Tell us what you think about all these different topics. What do you think's going on with Alberto Del Rio? And, uh, James Storm at Blue Pants and NXT, would you go see a gorgeous George movie? Are you going to watch the NXT, uh, not NXT, the ESPN show on the the WWE show on ESPN? Goddamn, I'm tired. Fuck me. And, uh, what would you like to see happen with King Barrett in the tag team division? Talk about those in the comments below. We're going to take a break here because I need one really bad. (laughs) And, uh... After we get done with the rest hold, we're gonna start getting into the two main events of the night: the mailbag and the wrestling with the past. So stay tuned. Part three and the rest holds coming up next. So by any chance, were you thinking to yourself, man, I could really use a commercial break right now? Well, if you were, you're in luck because it's time for the rest hold. And if you don't know what that means, well, it's our time of the program where we promote everything that's going on in the world of SmackDown moment for this week, as well as throw in every other segment that doesn't have a home elsewhere on the show. Starting off with the outside interference articles, and there's only one because I've been way too busy with New York Comic Con stuff, so the only thing I've gotten a chance to write up yet for E-Wrestling News is an article about Seth Rollins vs. Demon Kane. Do you really even care? If you do, or you want to read my opinion about why I don't, for that matter... You can read that article on eWrestlingNews.com, but just by going to my profile on there, where you can find that link on the Facebook and Twitter accounts for Tony Mango and Out Moment, or you can find it on the YouTube description below if you're watching it there, or you can go to the homepage of SmartOutMoment.com and you can find it underneath a little section that says Outside Interference. That takes us into smart My Words, where I highlight one of my favorite comments or interactions from the past week on one of the many different platforms we have for you guys to express your opinions. And this week, I'm just going to give it to the entire Raw post-show chat. We had a lot of fun this week talking about the Department of Headquarters and everything else that's happening with our callers and all that other nonsense. And obviously I can't just copy and paste the entire thing, which means that you guys need to be a part of the Raw post-show chat to be able to see what goes down there. So thank you to all those who participated in that conversation. And if you are interested in being eligible for next week's Mark My Words, then check out the YouTube screen right now and you will see a list of all the different avenues that I choose from. One of those in particular that I want to highlight for you guys is our Facebook group, The Mega Maniacs. That's a spot where we goof off throughout the week, and we invite you guys to join in on the fun, so if you are on Facebook, make sure you join us at facebook.com groups slash TheMegaManiacs. As part of the Sign Me Up initiative, if you bring a sign that says Out Moment to any wrestling-related events that you attend in the future, send a picture or a video of yourself to me, and I will give you a spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. And while we're talking about things that you can do to help promote us, If you want to help us on the monetary side of things, there are three ways in which you can do it. Patreon.com slash SmartOutMoment, the PayPal donation button at the bottom of SmartOutMoment.com. And since our YouTube channel is one that's eligible for fan funding, if you go to the homepage there, you will see a little module on the right-hand side that says support this channel follow those directions and you'll be able to toss any spare change that you have our way and obviously we understand that not everybody can do that because money can be tight for lots of us but don't forget about all the other ways in which you can support us by sharing our videos and our articles with your friends and on social media with a like follow favorite subscribe and so forth and that applies to all the different projects under a mango tree that aren't smart out moment as well including Fanboys Anonymous. Obviously, I mentioned before, New York Comic Con has been taking my priority for a lot of things because Fanboys Anonymous was covering that. Lots of good stories to tell, and we will be having a video up really soon about all of our different experiences that went down. But if you want to check out what our opinions are on the geek culture side of things and what we're nerdy about, go to fanboysanonymous.com, follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash fanboysanonymous. And don't forget about the all-talk show, our most random podcast where anything goes and everything is open for discussion. We do those sporadically on megapowersradio.com, and we always let you know in advance when we decide to do them. On our Facebook and Twitter accounts, which are both at All Talk Show. But if you can't catch them live, then you can find the archived editions on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com/slash All Talk Show. Lastly, if you are interested in joining the Smart Moment team as a writer and editor, or anything else for that matter, you can send in your application by going to the contact form at SmartOutMoment.com, and I will get back to you with more information as soon as I possibly can. Break time is over with let's get back to work in part four and answer those mailbag questions that you guys sent in that part's coming up next stay tuned Welcome back from the rest of it, everybody. It's time for us to get into the, our first of our two main events for the evening, and that's our October mailbag, the questions that you guys had sent in over the past couple of weeks, past month, whatever the case may be, for us to answer on this edition. And we've got a couple different things here. we got four different people sent in some questions. Silent Wood of Doom, Declan Macquarie, Mark Swaby, and Peter Peccionini. So let's start off with Silent Wood of Doom. Question number one. If you formed a tag team, which other Smack Talk slash Raw post show Host, would you choose to be your partner? And what would the name of the team be? Miguel Counts. (laughs) And I said Miguel, because by default, I'd be the Shawn Michaels, and he'd be the Marty Jannetty. I don't think we need a team name. I think it'd just be Tony Mango and Miguel Leon. Just WWE rules. No tag team name. But I'm kind of curious. So if you have any suggestions of what our team name should be, leave it in the comments below. Peyton, what do you think? Who would you team with?
3: Uh, I guess I would team with Drew, so we can be the big man-little man combo, where he would just get his ass kicked the entire match, and then I can get
1: the hot tag and
3: come in and clean house and win us the match.
1: God damn it, the entire reason I was gonna pick Drew so I couldn't make the hot tag, because he's the only one smaller (laughs) than me.
3: (laughs) Well, that's why I got us first. (laughs) Do you
1: guys have team names? Uh, Oh, I was just gonna call mine... Stephen Wago, so when the winner of the match is Stephen Wago. <laughs> so he didn't even get a, like a shout out. <laughs> a good
3: answer. I can't beat that one.
0: John, what about you? Who uh would you team with?
2: Oh, I'd, I'd pick Wiggle. Just because mark. he's British. <laughs> the UK connection. Yeah, the UK connection's gotta stay strong like and uh our tag team name would be the Canadian Elephants. <laughs>
0: This <laughs> needs to be a team now the Canadian Elphins. they need to be on WWE 2K16 with uh what was the other thing Uh, giant thundercock or something <laughs> yeah thundercocks was it the
1: raging thundercocks I'm not too sure <laughs> I thought it was just the thundercocks
0: I think we just kept adding things because it sounded awesome yeah. I think you need to bulk them up give them a steroid treatment it needs to be the giant thundercock. the giant raging thundercocks other question from Silent Wood of Doom. Where do you get your t-shirts from? I can't answer that one. Uh, I have a couple other things I need to do first. One is I need to post up a video of me completely muted. Another thing is I need to tell you how to draw Pac-Man. And then I need to discuss the pillow that I got for Christmas.
3: These people think they understand our jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the nice best way to put it, I guess. Anybody want to throw out a uh, little reference there to where you get your t-shirts? Well, I got a sweet-ass Curry Man t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. Are you still wearing that? He hasn't, he right. hasn't taken it off, but he's, he hasn't it's been... It's not bad. right now. It's, it's in the stuff. wash. So I gotta go it nice and pristine before I put it back on and eat curry with it.
3: <laughs> that why you gotta keep
1: washing it? Yeah, he's just like... <laughs>
0: As soon as he yeah, puts actually, it on, he's
1: eating curry, and then he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta watch You know what the best part is? I actually ate curry and got a curry stain on <laughs> Curry stain sounds like a terrible wrestler. Just play baseball <laughs> for curry
0: stain. Uh, I don't know, it's probably a little bit better than Giant Raging Thundercock.
3: It's a tag team.
0: Oh, it's a tag team? I thought it was one yeah. guy.
1: No, it's was the Thundercocks. Oh. Yeah, because... I had cocknose and he had uh, what was your guy's name again? Uh Thunder Turtle. Thunder Turtle, <laughs> 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 All right,
0: let's move on here. Uh, Mark Swaby says Who is your favorite non WWE wrestler, excluding Curry Man? Wait, oh, you We're gonna let you, you no this.
1: good son of a bitch. <laughs> what did he ask me?
0: that question.
1: I know who it is. It's Sushi. <laughs> it's Sushi. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Sushi. If you don't know who he is, look him up.
0: Uh, I would like sushi, uh, sushi so much better than
1: Curry Man. Uh, what's the question? Who do I like the best that like of non-WWE wrestlers? Yeah, excluding yeah. Curry Man. AJ Styles.
0: John, Wait, what that- about
2: you? Uh, mine is uh, North Furnum. <laughs> he is the man. He is the man. Or EC3. One of the two. I think North, because North almost beat him once. That's EC3
0: great. is one of my four picks that I couldn't quite decide for. Uh, the other three were Bobby Roode, Austin Aries, and Shelton Benjamin. Always liked Shelton Benjamin. And I got to imagine he's probably still as good. What? Non-roided
2: what... Bobby Lashley.
0: <laughs> Peyton, what about you? Who's your favorite non-WWE guy? Does this mean people who were never in WWE? Uh, I kind of took it as not necessarily. Hmm. I mean, you could hold yourself to that if you want.
3: Um. All right. Well, if it's people who just are not in WWE now, I'm going to say Johnny Mundo.
0: Oh, I forgot about him.
3: Because him over on Lucha Underground has just been absolutely fucking awesome. Best work of his career he's done by far. Uh, and if it's people who have never been in also from Lucha Underground, I'm going to say Prince Puma. If you've never seen this guy work, he also works on the Indies as Ricochet. Fucking awesome
1: guy. Never seen that guy work. Oh, let me drop in another since you were at Angelico. You just remind. Oh, me. Angelico's fucking holy shit.
3: The fucking dives this guy does from like the top of the building. Just amazing. <laughs> top
0: of the building.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, he literally climbs to the top of the office building they have there and leaps off it into the rain. <laughs> Jeez.
0: I have to check that out. Uh, question from Declan Macquarie. If you had to make a WWE Studios film and you could use any amount of WWE superstars or legends to star in it, what would the movie be about and who would you choose to be in it? I'm going to say, give us the backstory of Undertaker and Kane. It sucks that we don't have Paul Bearer anymore, but, you know, you can recast that and just do, like, the backstory of how they came to be. Do the whole thing with, like, the burning down the house or whatever it was. down the house. Wasn't there something about like Undertaker had these like kids or something that got killed that they talked about one time? Yeah,
3: that was Kane.
0: No, that he had like a daughter or something. I think I never. There, there was something about that. I can't remember for sure, but they can make stuff up. They can fill in some plot holes and stuff like that, and just do like kind of like a horror movie that you would pitch it towards. Like it, it ends with like the Hell in a Cell match or something. I'd like to see that. Or you can even go past that, actually. But Undertaker and Kane, some guy, asked yes, Paul Bearer, do some kind of a prequel thing like that. I think that's the best possible thing. That would be the only WWE Studios movie that I can think of that I would actually watch. Because I'm not watching any of the other crap. I could be like, oh, 12 rounds, part nine. I got 12 more rounds or some bullshit like that. and I don't want to see Randy Orton go to the papers over and over again. I don't want to see Knucklehead 2, or... What the hell is that the movie that's coming out now? The, um... Page 1? Santa's, Santa's um, Little Helper? Santa's Little Helper, yeah. that No, no. <laughs> so, Sean, WWE Studios says, go ahead, let's make a movie. What
2: would you do? Oh, this this is an easy one. I would do the uncut version of Dawn Marie and Tori Wilson in that hotel room. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah that's better than my pitch.
2: yeah 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 exactly,
0: Peyton, what about you, Kane?
3: well, I'm gonna do the um sequel to your story about what happened between Undertaker and Kane. Uh, this should actually probably be part of a trilogy uh where the second movie is a romance story between Kane and Katie Vick
0: fact she could be the love interest, that's true, mm-hmm.
3: huh. And then the third part of the story uh, is when Kane goes to college so he learns how to write poems and stuff. So he cuts promos and they play music under him. He's all studious. The story
0: of Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: Glenn trilogy.
1: (laughs) up, what movie would you do? Bully. Bad Guys Finish First starring Kevin Owens. And it's just him being a fucking dick to people the entire movie. (laughs)
0: They're like, what's the plot of this movie? So you know Kevin Owens, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep.
1: Tell I'd me you it. wouldn't. Yeah, telling exactly. you fucking watch it.
0: But you know what? He'd have to have some kind of a cameo where like, his best bud that bullies people with him is Ryback.
1: Right and I pictured a scene where he has a flashback to his childhood and how he used to bully in school. But during the flashback, it's just still him. So it's just him kicking the shit out of kids. <laughs> no. See see the plot has to be that Ryback is like a new rival bully that moves into town
3: and at first they don't like each other, but then they figure out that they can get a lot more done if they team up and bully the rest of the school together. And it's like a new budding friendship.
0: <laughs> they have like a bully off. Like, <laughs> like uh the Batman V Superman that's coming up soon, and we had the Freddy vs. Jason, like that kind of a thing. Just have like Kevin Owens versus Ryback, but then they get together. And fuck everybody else at this
2: school. Oh damn! I got the perfect title for that as well. Mm-hmm. The Canadian elephants. Every time we
3: laugh
1: at it, Sorry. he's gonna say the joke again,
0: and I'm gonna think it's funny because I'm tired.
1: <laughs> was did we fucking say that like on air or off?
4: I don't it was-, was- it was
1: off. It was definitely off. So people just keep hearing about this Canadian elephant and they're like, <laughs>
4: uh,
0: and Our final uh, question is actually 18 questions. Peter Piccinini threw it out there. He says, I think in July you guys talked about Pokemon. So instead of a 30-day challenge, I got some quick questions for you guys. And instead of us going through all 18 or whatever like that, I wrote down my response to all 18 of them. But I'm just going to pitch a couple of them out there for you guys to throw out. And if you want to answer different ones, go ahead and do that. But uh, who are some of your favorite Pokemon out there? I said one of my favorites is Snor- uh, Snorlax. Another one's Charizard. I really hate the ones that are like duplicates. Like, we've got Butterfree already. We don't need Beautifly. This is a fucking knockoff. I know, Wago, you're a big fan of uh, Vaporeon, the asshole
1: Pokemon. I think that's what yeah. the Pokedex says. It's my favourite Pokemon, it's fucking great. The reason I actually like Vaporeon just goes back to my like childhood playing the Pokemon games. It was the first one I leveled to a hundred and it used to fuck everything up, so. Uh that's why it's my favorite. Uh Togekiss is a beast in the newer games, it just fucks shit up. So I got a few fa- few new favorites, but I'm kind I'm partial to like the original one fifty. Anybody got like a favorite legendary? Mew. Easily Mew because Mew was always that one where you'd read something in like the gaming magazine. The gaming magazine still exist? I don't think so. No. I okay, mean, yeah, it's continue it. Informer, it's about it. Um but yeah, and you'd like read a rumor on how to get it and then you'd spend like a week and it didn't fucking work because and you'd be so pissed. I don't know uh, you- that
0: damn truck.
1: Yeah, you'd fucking fight Lance 99 times in a row only using, like, level certain Pokemon. You'd try all this bullshit to get a goddamn Mew and never get it, unless you glitched your game. So that's why Mew's always going to be the ultimate legend to me, because it existed in a time where it really did feel special.
0: Mm. Even though it doesn't count, I always like the idea of missing no. Mm. Just, like, this fucking glitch Pokemon. What was he, like, the the bird type or something?
1: Sometimes, when it wasn't a fucking cube XX Pokeball type. (laughs) I still think that they should capitalize on that.
0: Just do it like the anti-Porygon. If Porygon is supposed to be some kind of digital thing,
1: make him a fucking virus. that would kick ass. You could tie it in somehow. I mean, it's a a well enough known thing now.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Make that like a new legendary or something like that. The virus Pokemon. Fucking missing no. Just, as soon as you catch it, your game's done. <laughs> Piss off all those kids.
1: Yeah, they should know how it felt.
0: Uh, if you were a gym leader, what would your specialty be? I don't think I'd have
2: one. Water or Psychic, if I had to say. Psychic. Definitely Psychic. I'm a, I'm,
1: I'm a Psychic trainer. My favorite Pokemon, it- all Psychic. So... Here's the cool thing about Psychic Trainers and Pokemon. They can always, like, do that telepathy shit, so... Like, I'd love... It's, like, the one role where you get to have superpowers, so I'm fine with it. See, I gotta give
0: a hat tip to good old Gary Oak. He had that variety. He fucked people up. I think I'd go variety. Nah. Be like, okay, well, you just went through the, like, water badge and the poison badge, and... What's the one type that I can use against you? And i will be like, nothing, you little shit. <laughs> So fuck him up!
2: You know, see, as long as I can have Mr. Mime and Espeon, I'm happy. Oh, Mr. Mime, I hate I Mr. I fucking hate Mr. Mr. Mime. Mime. Ever since Mr. Mime has become part fairy, it's he's like
1: the fucking dog's bollocks.
0: He's a fairy now.
1: Yep, he's part they fairy. A lot of things changed to fairy, and it's confusing as shit. Well, I understand, like if they
0: made like Togepi, or if they made um... it like, is. I would
1: assume like Wigglytuff, maybe. Yeah, I think uh both yeah. uh Clefairy and the Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff Evolution once got it. Yeah. I mean Clefairy
0: literally has to be it's uh, a freaking name. I like, wish they didn't do it just to fucking piss people off. That would drive me nuts. Because <laughs> there's yeah, things, there's things that really bother me about like certain Pokemon being like like Gyarados being flying type. Like what? But If they would have done Clefairy's not a fairy type, that would have just, I I don't know, i would have killed somebody. My OCD would have acted up way too (laughs) much.
1: Yeah, I never understood, like, when they started making the remakes, why they just didn't fix stupid shit like that. Mm -hmm. Call it a water dragon. Water dragon, have fucking Charizard be a fire dragon.
4: Christ. Oh, you know
0: what? Looking through my list of my answers and stuff, I forgot to mention another one of my favorites that nobody ever likes, because he kind of sucks, but I still do love him.
1: Oh, Zack Ryder? Oh, Deliberate. What about Delibird. Delibird's bird's fuck? fucking
0: awesome. I mean he's a penguin that's Santa Claus. <laughs> you can't go wrong.
4: You
1: you just describe Sucks and nobody likes him. I think I'm definitely gonna rename my Delibird uh <laughs> <laughs> It's a good fit.
0: But I like the ice cream. That's a pretty new one. Uh Fenelux, I think it is. It's like a double fucking, scoop ice cream. I hate that fucking Pokemon oh, so. I love it. Drunk. I always used to get like two tone cones and shit. So, got to like by uh, default. Uh, favorite and least favorite Pokemon type. I've always liked Psychic, and I've always hated Bug. Bug is useless. No,
4: it isn't. Mm, yeah.
0: Bug's garbage. You can kill it with so much stuff.
1: Heracross will fuck your shit up.
0: I'll fuck Heracross up with a
1: sizzle for the win as well, but fucking love
0: sizzle. I'll fuck Sizzle up with fucking Pidgey.
1: I'll fuck it up with that type that
0: it's weak to. Yeah. God damn it.
2: Pidgey. Uh, see, the best type was for me was um, Psychic. The worst uh, for me that I was never fond of was Steel.
1: Never yeah, been still, a big fan of Steel. Steel's boring as fuck. That's the type I don't like. I never liked Poison either. Nah, I like Poison. You can be a crafty
0: cunt with that shit. Yeah, but Poison all you need is toxic for any Pokemon and you could be good.
2: Poison got good around um, when Toxicroak was pretty good.
1: But mm. uh,
0: I don't remember Toxicroak.
1: Peyton needs to start playing Pokemon and being nerds for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it
2: like a question? What's your favorite Pokemon game?
0: Yep, that is one of them. Pokemon, Pokemon- Stadium. Yeah, Pokemon Snap. Wow, Snap and Stadium. I think Red.
1: I think that's nah, the no, classic one. I was joking about Snap. i love the shit out of that game, but Pokémon Silver or oh, I guess the remakes are the best. I, Actually, will I... play Pokémon Go. What is that? It's kind of an
3: augmented reality kind of game where um, it uses like GPS tracking and it'll tell you like, "Hey, there's a Pokémon nearby. Go, f- you know, fight it." And you have to find where that is in your GPS and then when you get close to it, it'll you pick up your phone and point it to that direction. And it'll actually make the Pokemon appear on your screen there and you have to battle it. Huh. Uh, and there's also like this wristwatch thing you get that tells you when you're close to one, so you don't have to like always look at your phone. This thing will like go off whenever you're close to one. That's that kinda cool. interesting. And yeah, you can like team up with people if it's like a really big Pokemon, you gotta take it down. It's it's like this really crazy awesome interactive thing they're putting together. So I'm I'm actually like, super stoked for it.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, like not fuck a Pokemon the whole...
0: fan at all fuck the whole MMO thing let's just make it real
4: <laughs> yeah pretty much
1: <laughs> nice. you know what they they've always done shit really well when they finally do it so maybe this is their idea of an MMO there's um
2: there's another pokémon game that's coming out for the Wii U which looks really good um it's called pokin tournament it's like it's done by the creators of um Tekken that looks really fucking great it's a fucking fighting game i, I can't wait to pick that up
0: it's kind of like stadium
2: uh, nothing like Stadium. It's, it's an actual full-on, like, Street Fighter-type game. Hmm.
1: Wow, you know what's funny? They've always tried to get people to be social with the Pokemon games, and now they're literally making you go outside to play with each other. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, God fucking damn it.
0: They're like, uh, Professor Oak at the beginning of the game, what is your name? That's great. Now go outside. <laughs> uh, Favorite starter Pokemon? Charmander.
1: Charmander. Cyndaquil. Fuck you. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad opinion except that one
0: <laughs> anybody can say Squirtle and I'll be like alright any other answer than uh, Squirtle or Charmander I, I, is wrong
2: I, I actually prefer the second generation to the first really? we had like yeah, Chigarita I, I prefer, prefer Totodile. To, I prefer Chigarita
0: I know Kalen said Bulbasaur totally wrong, Bulbasaur fucking blows I
2: liked Bulbasaur in X and Y
0: the only thing good that Bulbasaur has done over the past 20 years or 50 years or however long Pokemon's been out there is that one outro.
2: That's it. Mega Ven- Mega Venusaur is fucking... Is the dog Yeah, but you had to fucking practically pull
1: him by the ears to get him to do it.
0: I know, right? He didn't want to do it. He's bitching and shit. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he fucking... I tried to put him through the door and it, like, he held on to uh, all the sides like a cat does. It was fucking oh,
0: awkward. Using vine weapon shit?
1: Yeah, holding on. But Pikachu...
2: And Pokemon Yellow was the best star because, you know, you could get all three of the stars. You could get Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander in that fucking game. And then and just then you ditch use... Pikachu in the box and get Jolteon later on in life, and you're like, fucking happy days.
0: And then ditch Bulbasaur. Yeah, and then, then, and then ditch, ditch Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur.
2: <laughs> Bulbasaur was the fucking dog's box in the first game.
0: Uh, one other question I thought was pretty interesting out of this list was, name a Pokemon you'd think it would be useful in real life. First thing I thought of was Machamp. He'd build some good shit. I mean, they literally have that in the game as like a Machoke or something like that. Or is it a Machoke or a Machop? I don't think it's a Machamp. But one of them's just in Vermilion City, just like Machoke building shit. It's just like, yeah, you know what? Machamp would be fucking awesome. He'd be a workhorse. I mean, obviously, like, you know, you can surf on Pokemon, you can, like, uh, fly on them, there's a lot of good variety of stuff like that, but any, like, outside-the-box
1: ideas that you guys had, like, um... Jinx. Oh, let's just think, so, um, that's a pretty fucking powerful Pokemon, uh... Oh, Arceus, the fucking god of the Pokemon world? Yeah, I think I'll have that one. <laughs>
2: I don't know how useful God can be. Uh, no, see, Jinx, Jinx is perfect because she's just like Nicki Minaj, and she's got like the perfect blow job lips. <laughs> that's horrifying. Think about it.
1: Yeah, Jinx uses amnesia after that.
0: <laughs>
2: on her, on itself.
1: Yeah, that's what... yeah.
2: Please, I don't want to remember. Also, the, also the cow Pokemon, Miltank. Is Miltank? it Miltank? The free milk. Free milk. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd want to drink that milk. And then you got Magneton,
1: free electricity. And then you got Porygon, which is free internet. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> Magneton, to get too close to your TV and, like, fuck it up because it's magnet. So you get, like, Alakazam, and then you can just convince anybody to give you anything you want.
4: You and, you and, then, and
3: then
2: get Alakazam you and Ditto. just be like, yo,
0: instant spoons, come here.
2: <laughs> and then you got Ditto, who can transform into anything.
0: But just with those little two dots and the
2: weird smirk, I don't, I don't care. As, as as long as it can transform into Samantha Singh, but I'm I'm good.
4: It's, I'm just
2: imagining
1: like fucking her with a ditto face. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be creepy as fuck. I mean, you know, be I'd useful. have to use uh, Chef's Pleasure Bag for that one. You, you could probably
3: get Meowth because he actually speaks English, and like walks upright. I thought you were going to say because he's got that payday move.
1: Yeah, get bank.
2: Damn right. Sure, that too. <laughs> I also thought that, to be fair, Tony, that your favorite Pokemon's on, like, fucking Akins, which is, like, backwards for Snake, and Muck, which is the cum and shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's I... no way I'm liking Muck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. but to be, just think about it, though. Blast toys would be perfect, because if you actually measured how powerful his blasts are, like from our standards, it would put a hole through metal. Yeah, like... I
0: mean, all the stuff in the Pokedex is all ridiculous. It's like uh I th- I think like Machamp's thing says he can have like a thousand punches in a second.
2: Uh,
4: the creepiest
2: the creepiest one I've come across in the, in the Pokedex entry is um Driftbloom. Where it whispers oh, yeah. to children and then drags it to hell. It's like fuck it, hell. <laughs>
1: It's a bit dark in it for a children's
2: show. No, it's like, Drifloom like
1: was, it just goes around looking for kids to grab onto it because it looks like a balloon, and then no one sees the children it. And then there's the thing with the keys, or
0: the, the... Is it the key one, or is it the mask one? It's, like, it's supposed yeah, to be, that. like, a dead human.
1: Oh, the mask is a dead human, and the mask is always crying because, like, something to do with... Because
0: it, it remembers that it used to be a human, and it's yeah. dead or something. It was just yes. like, yo, dude, whatever happened to, like, look at this little rat.
2: <laughs> now he's a bigger rat. Also, Cubone is a bit sad because he wears yeah, the that's... skull of his dead mother.
3: I think the saddest one is that spring who has to keep springing. Oh, God, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Springing.
1: It's hearts. It, the, every bounce like makes its heart beat. And if it stops, it just drops down dead. What the, the, the po- fuck happens if it falls over? It's the
0: Pokemon <laughs> equivalent of that movie Crank. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, that sounds like an interesting spinoff. <laughs> well, and they have Kevin...
0: crank, and then it's a uh, spoink or whatever his name is,
1: and Kevin Owens star.
0: <laughs> There's your new buddy picture: Kevin Owens and Bulbasaur, and all of them all just mashed together. And I think so, that's a good way for us to end our mailbag. In
2: retrospect, right? Favorite Pokemon: Espion. Favorite Jo Favorite Regent Jojo. Favorite game: Solva. There you go.
0: All right, all all. guys, if you want to send us any kind of questions for the next edition, which is going to be November something or other, I got that list next to me somewhere around here. Somewhere um, around here. Somewhere around here. Yeah, somewhere
2: around and here. Before, somebody send, before somebody sends it in, favorite Digimon, Agumon.
0: Ugly Mon Digimon. <laughs>
2: uh, <Uglymon>. <laughs> <laughs> November 11th,
0: episode 208. That's when we're most likely going to be doing the next mailbag. So we've got a little bit of time for you guys to just uh, brainstorm some questions and submit that to us. I will just put those off on the side if you submit them now, and we'll answer them when it comes down to it. So anything, whether it's wrestling-related or not, obviously we talked a little bit about stuff that wasn't wrestling-related on this. Thank you to all the four people who sent in your questions for this month, Mark, Declan, Silentwood of Doom, and Peter. And we're going to continue on with our second main event of the night, which is wrestling with the past on the cell. Our second main event for this episode is going to be wrestling with the past. We're going to talk about Hell in a Cell, and we're just going to keep it a little bit relaxed here. Talk about a couple of different topics. Number one, favorite moments from the past couple of different events that we've had. The first one was 1997, so we're going to go back all the way there. Talk about what's coming in the future, too. Our best moments that we think have happened as well. All those memories that we've had in between. And uh, who we think are the most iconic Hell in a Cell competitors, what we think the match means to us now, any kind of topic that we basically have when it comes to Hell in a Cell in general, except for giving predictions for the next pay-per-view that's going to be coming up, because that's what we're going to be doing next week. And obviously, don't need to do that twice. So I guess the first thing that we can talk about here is that most iconic Hell in a Cell guy. That's the topic that really started out as the main thing that I wanted to kind of talk about here. I got to say, it's tough to really narrow down who it is, but I would put out five different names as potentials. I want to see what you guys think about this. Mick Foley.
1: Yep. Undertaker. Nope. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Triple H. Yep. Yep. Shawn Michaels. Nope. Nope. And Kane. Nope. 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 Now, between those five, I would say the two that stand out the most to me or Mick Foley and Undertaker? Nope. Nope. Triple H, I can see a huge, huge argument for. I
1: that think he became actually, that became Triple H's match after a while. I think he is. Yeah, maybe he stole tied. that from Undertaker.
0: He might be tied with Undertaker, or he might be like one underneath for having like the most amount of them. So I can totally understand that. But I mean, when I think Hell in a Cell, the first thing that comes to my mind is Taker versus Foley.
2: Now, see, when I think of Hell in a Cell, I think of Chris Jericho and Triple H. I've
1: never, ever, ever thought of that match when it comes to (laughs) Hell in a Cell. That is (laughs) like such a fucking... That's like one of the most underappreciated Hell in a Cells, but... It's because it's it's got my two favorite guys.
2: That's the only reason why. Because I'm a big Triple H mark, and I'm a big um, Chris Jericho mark.
1: It's funny, that isn't actually the Hell in a Cell match that comes to my mind. Uh, not that one, I mean, but uh, the Taker vs. Undertaker one. Taker vs. McFoley. <laughs> Taker vs. Undertaker? I don't remember that one. <laughs> uh, that would have been a good match. <laughs> uh, also, did Triple I, H have a Hell in a Cell with McFoley as well? That's the one I was about to say. That's actually yeah. my favorite uh, Hell in a Cell match. And... That's a close second.
2: I admittedly have never important seen that matches one. In Triple H's career. What? You've never seen Mick Foley, Triple H, dude.
3: You haven't lived. I wonder why you don't think Triple H is in the echelon.
0: No, I do think he is. I think he's, like, number three to me, and that's because I missed out on a lot of that.
3: Here's the thing. I I can't put Foley there because he has those couple spots, which that's all that match with Undertaker is. It's a couple spots. Uh, He had that match with Triple H, which was awesome, and that's all he did with the cell. He had that tag match he was in as Dude Love, but that's, like... A Hell in a Cell match. Right. So, like, I, I can't look at him as one of the main guys. It's got to be between Taker and Triple H because of all the matches they've done.
0: Well, see, some people try to argue, and I disagree with it, but some people think, well, Shawn Michaels because he won the first one, blah. And some people think, well, Kane because he made his debut. Did he
3: even be I think he is...
2: one more, right?
1: Didn't Kane also have a Hell in a Cell on Raw with McFoley?
4: He w- had one,
1: yeah, yep. love. WWE kind of already answered this question. We've all set us down at Triple H and Und- Undertaker. Well, they had a match. Ticker won. Ah, uh, that's bullshit. Don't count. Shawn Michaels was a dodgy ref.
0: Kane's been in three I mean, Hell in a Cell matches. I-,
3: I will tell you, I will give this to Triple H, only because Undertaker already has a casket match. A buried Alive match. <laughs> Halfway credited with the Inferno match. It's more Kane's match, but The Undertaker is already tied to so many gimmick matches. Can Triple H just have this one? Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm hesitant to say it, though. I mean, and that, that is partially just my bias for not being around when, when Triple H was the guy, but like... To be fair, like
1: he he's match quality and Hell in a Cell's a lot better than Undertaker's in my opinion. Yeah.
0: That I don't doubt. I can imagine most of the Hell in a Cell matches that they've had, it really probably is weighing heavily in Triple H's favor. I mean, he is even Undertaker got a didn't... decent
1: match against Kevin Nash. I mean, fuck me.
3: That's a terrible one. I don't know what you're talking about. But Undertaker didn't hit his peak until after his big Hell in a Cell run. I think the only match he really had after he you know started hitting that string where he was having all these great matches, I think he had one against Batista, and that one was pretty good.
4: Mm-hmm. That oh, might actually
3: like, be Undertaker's best Hell in a Cell.
2: That was like 07, oh, was, I think? Mm. My my favorite Undertaker Hell in a Cell was Edge.
3: That was I, a good one, too. I did, yeah, I, I, I didn't
2: like, I did like a the one. finish of Mount though.
0: I don't remember liking Taker and Punk.
1: Oh, God. Man. No. And I don't yeah, remember... Yeah, to be fair, that was like a really uncompetitive match. Fucking Taker just beat the piss out of
0: I don't remember Taker and uh, Big Show.
3: That's from before that. Didn't Ryback and CM Punk face each other two years in a row?
0: Yeah, like, oh, man. (laughs) That's one of the problems with Hell in a Cell, and I was going to write an article about this, but then I just realized, like, how much it bugs me. I couldn't write it. Maybe I'll get a chance to, maybe I won't. It just pissed me off too much, and it's easier to talk about it on a podcast, but this Hell in a Cell match has become so watered down. And it's not just because it's, a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view every year, which is, like, a guaranteed at least one per year. We had two per year for the longest time. And it came at a time of the year where, like, they weren't putting a whole lot of effort into these things. And it really, like, you look at Triple H and Cactus Jack. That was a huge feud. They were fighting each other in multiple gimmick matches, and it was, like, you know, a bitter, bitter rivalry you had Undertaker and Mankind. Pugh, I, I, I don't even need to explain how fucking bitter that rivalry was. But then you get like 2007 or 8 or whatever when they started doing the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Did we really need Randy Orton, Sheamus?
2: That was Mark, a Hell in a Cell. Dude, that's Mark one
0: of the and, most
3: long-running freaking rivalries of all time, dude. It's still going to this day. It's still going.
0: <laughs> and it's sucked. Always. We had Del Rio versus John Cena versus CM Punk. We had Mark Henry versus Randy Orton. We had a five man Hell in a Cell on a Raw Super Show as a Dark made event between Cena, Del Rio, Punk, Ziggler, and Jack Swagger. That, like, you would think Hell in a Cell, holy shit, on Monday Night Raw, we should talk about this. No, it was a five minute match. Like, they beat this to crap. And the CM Punk and Ryback thing, two years in a row, you have CM Punk beat Ryback in a Hell in a Cell match. I can't get into it. Like, out of all of the Hell in a Cell matches that we've had in the past five, ten years, I don't really remember any of
1: them as being memorable. The whole point of Hell in a Cell, it was the last resort to settle a feud once and for all. When you heard Hell in a Cell, you're like, oh, fuck, shit's about to go down. And you don't get that buzz anymore. It's like, eh, you, Hell in a Cell, eh? I gotta correct you, Tony.
3: There was one in the last five years that mattered. End of an era. I don't think it did. No. You're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like yeah, that, that as. That is really important. And the fact is, they built it to needing a hell in a cell. I thought that mm-hmm. definitely needed it.
0: I look at that I, as. I honestly, they, after they
1: did that match, I was hoping they were just going to stop the pay per view. Because it's like, all right, this is how it's supposed to be done. Why not I gonna fuck it up anymore? I was hoping they'd retire the cell for a few years.
0: And you know what? Mm-hmm. I look at that as a disappointment.
1: I don't think that that's anywhere near as big as they
0: make it out to be.
2: Like I preferred their match last, the year before.
0: I didn't want to see Triple H and Undertaker fight two years in a row, and I think that they would have been better off if they would have just had that one match that Undertaker won, moved on, and had somebody else. Like, that didn't do anything for me. Well, it's the end of the era we're never going to face each other again, but we'll face other people and just kind of keep doing our shit.
3: Oh well. No, It's supposed to be the end of an era of those three guys having interaction with each other. You think about the history between those three, it's massive. You're going all the way back to the mid nineties and almost all the matches that they've had have been excellent. And it's like, all right, well, this is the end of that. We're not going to see these three guys interact anymore.
0: I think the fact that the two of them continued to do stuff, just watered it down too much for me. Like if we would have never seen undertaker again, I would have hated it, but like, or maybe if like, if triple H wouldn't have wrestled anymore or something like that, where I would have felt more like an impact. To me, with this, it was just kind of like, well, they couldn't think of anybody else to do, so they just did Triple H again. Like, that didn't really mean anything to me. They could have had that outside of Hell in a Cell. It would have been the same thing.
1: No, I I think you're missing it, man. It was such... They were just celebrating an era that's gone by. I mean, they specifically brought Jim Ross on commentary for it.
3: Yeah, like, these are supposed to be your three favorite guys, and you're completely missing the point of this. I don't understand it. I, Triple I isn't. This, is, this is a tailor-made gimmick for you. They, Triple they, H like, they isn't one of my three went favorites. Inside your brain and it was like, all right, let's make this.
0: No, Triple H isn't one of my three favorites. Sure he is. Ah, oh. Not even close. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, you like this guy. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it just it didn't do it for me. And I'll give you this, though. It's a hell of a lot better than a lot of the other ones we've been getting. Like, I can't even remember most of
2: the other ones. I can at least remember that one. I can't remember what the hell in the settlement event was last year. Wasn't that like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins? Rollins and Ambrose, yeah. And I don't remember how that ended.
0: Oh, that was great. That was when they did that
3: falling spot fall off going through the tables. And then Bray Wyatt came in
2: Yeah. with
1: the hologram. Oh, the hologram. That's right. Yeah. Huh.
2: Fucking terrible.
1: Actually, that's a Hell in a Cell match that mattered, but the reason we forget that it did is because it's, the, just, it's, just, so ward, it's just so watered down. Mm-hmm. I you, stopped- shouldn't, you shouldn't have to call the pay-per-view Hell in a Cell to get people buzzed for Hell in a Cell. The match should sell the fucking pay-per-view. It
2: should be ruckus s- in a cage.
1: I stopped caring about
2: Hell in a Cell after the first Brock Lesnar and Undertaker match. That's when I stopped caring about it.
0: That was something like 2002, 2001. Mm-hmm. You know what one really then, stands out that to me? Was
2: Chris Jericho and, White and Triple H. And um, before that, it was Triple H and I don't fucking know.
0: One that really stands out to me is something that just like was unnecessary that I'm looking at, and I don't remember exactly what went down when it happened because I wasn't watching then. But looking back, maybe you guys can fill me in on like, no, this was really great at the time or something like that. DX versus Shane, Vince, and Big Show?
2: No, that was really oh, stupid. God, that was awful.
3: I can't that imagine. Was, that, that was during right. one of the darkest eras of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that was during one of those terrible DX reunion tours. And also even like the whole freaking Vince and Shane thing was kind of played. The only good thing they did during that whole feud is when Vince McMahon was calling out God
1: and Shawn Michaels had to get God as his tag partner. I actually liked it. Actually, that was, a, that was a different feud. I actually, yeah, it was the Shawn Michaels feud, which then led to the Triple H and Shawn reunion. Uh Um, It's kind of the same thing. Somewhat. It's, uh, but I liked the DX reunion tour, the first one. I didn't like the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. Um, And this match wasn't great by any standards, but it did finish off their feud, like it was meant to. Well, you like the fact that they shoved Vince McMahon's uh, head in Big Show's ass. It, well, was it was very, Canada, it was uh, very, it was very, very fitting because that's the anti-establishment, and they're sticking the man's head up some guy's ass. Well, not even just that; they they had a running shtick about making Shawn Michaels join the Kiss My Ass
3: Club,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and he wouldn't do it. Yeah, they would even had like skits where fucking Shawn had thrown Shane's ass into Vince's and stuff. So it was a running thing, and th- the matches looked about back on like kind of shitty because people don't like that era of DX, but I think it was a lot of fun. I think DX was probably the high point of the product at the time.
0: Well, you know, obviously the first thing that started this all off is Shawn Michaels defeating The Undertaker. We got Kane's debut at Bad Blood. One of the most like iconic things that's ever happened in WWE. And one of the most important things, too, because that led into the whole Montreal screwjob and everything. That whole time period lots of really important shit happened and the person who owes the most to uh, Hell in a Cell clearly Glenn Jacobs that dude like he just debuted and he made a fucking name for himself in one shot I mean of course they built it up so it wasn't like he came in out of nowhere and whatever but he looked like a fucking monster then and that's going to be one of my favorite debuts of anybody in any situation ever. That was amazing
2: back I would say though. it's the best debut of all time.
3: It
0: probably is. I dare is.
2: someone to name a better I, debut of anybody. I like the debut, but I didn't like the commentary. Oh my god, that's his... That, that's the brother! That's the brother Kane! It's that's like, gotta fuck be off, Kane. Fuck He's
3: got
0: to have a shot.
3: But like, uh... Well, here's the thing, Sean. Did you watch them while, they, while that was built? Because it was a really big mystery. It was so well done when they did that, when mm-hmm. Paul Bear was coming out and just be like, I know you're a deep, dark, secret, Undertaker.
4: He's alive, Undertaker. He's
3: alive. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, Paul Bear was so fucking good at that time.
2: To be fair, I didn't watch the WWE back, well, WWF back then because it wasn't on Freeview, unlike WCW. Dude, this no. was gripping television at this time.
0: This was the shit to watch. Mm-hmm. That was actually when you could give a shit about their storyline instead of just being like, oh, my God, I know it's whatever. Like, This was like, yo, you go to the playground next day in school. You're like, yo, guys, I think I know who Kane is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kate is glad you don't know who Kane is.
0: No, man, I swear to God, I, I read the in this magazine, like right, it was the next article right after I had to Get Mew. It's the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs>
3: Oh, and that was another cool thing. There were no dirt sheets back then. weren't even really wrestling forums. You know, people were just fucking fans.
0: There was like you could spread the most bullshit rumor and get people to uh, buy into it. <laughs> My dad could just is like, like that. You could do something like that, or you could be like, you no, know, you know who really is Kane? It's Sting because he's coming over from WCW, and people would be like, oh, dude, that's fucking amazing, and you'd be like, I don't know, it's total bullshit. But like. <laughs> That was amazing. That's one of the best things that's ever happened in Hell in a Cell. And, you know, we are saying it. One of the best things that's ever happened in WWE, period. Really, we had, like, our Tornado tag match was next, and, eh, you know, it was what it is. But
3: it was a big drop. Like, how do you go from that classic that Shawn Michaels and Undertaker had? And it's just like, yeah, right away, let's have a tag match on Raw.
4: Mm-hmm. Like so they, Dave, they
3: they spent no they wasted no time, you know, making it oversaturated with that.
1: Back when in his more relevant days, Dave Meltzer gave that match a five out of five stars, and I've never really thought that The tag match? No, no, the Shawn Michaels and Undertaker one. I've never considered it a five star classic. I consider it a very, very good match, but there's other ones that I put higher above it.
0: I don't remember a lot of specifics behind it. I remember liking it a lot. But I can't imagine it being a five. I mean, that no, it's, probably would be like a
3: four. No, I would give it a five. It, watch it. Shawn Michaels is at his best the way he's bumping around in that cage. These guys get credit a lot because this was the first match, and they pretty much went out there and found all these crazy experimental ways to use it. Like, you know, usually when people go into something like this, they start small like they did with the ladder match. Uh, with Hell in a Cell, they are pretty much like, uh, yeah, we're going full throttle. And then somehow Nick Foley was like, yeah, I'm going to find a way to top it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, McFoley's just kind of like, oh, that was cute. Sean, like, jumped halfway down it into the table. Huh. Yeah, watch this.
1: <laughs> hey, guys, you want to see my teeth? <laughs>
0: hey, guys, hey, guys, see you later. <laughs> I hey, mean, that want? takes us to the King of the Ring one, and holy shit, man. I mean, we've said so much about this already. I mean, it basically boils down to never again.
1: What did the ribs say to the table? Break.
0: Like that is one of the most horrifying things that you can watch when it comes to that. I put that up there with the uh, the leg injury that Sid got, mm-hmm. and um, you know another one that like people don't mention it a whole lot, but another thing that made me immediately feel uncomfortable was when Candace Michelle fell from the top rope. I was just thinking that actually,
3: I hated that too. That and was just especially. Like, ooh. Like, just Beth Phoenix, uh, like, not giving a fuck and just like rolling her over,
0: <laughs> just dragging her, like, Yo, like you little know, bitch. It's just like, holy shit, dude, she's like dead. <laughs> you know? But that, I, I watch the King of the Ring one every once in a while. Every time, still, I just get goosebumps.
1: Yeah, you just hear that crack, and everybody just it, does an awe to it before everyone goes wild. It's almost like time does slow down for it. Mm-hmm. It's a freaky thing, because especially after you heard what happened to his body and what he went through, you couldn't, like, really appreciate how bad it was until afterwards.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that, like, he would be backstage and out of his mind, just a concussion and all these issues, and just the story that uh, he tells where he turned around at Undertaker and he just goes, hey, did we use the thumbtacks? And he's like, Mick, look at your arm. (laughs) Like, it is insane, and when you watch it, I mean, the worst part of the whole thing, I mean, obviously the worst part of the whole thing is actually, like, they went through and they did it, but, like, the part that gets me is when Jerry Lawler goes, that's it, he's dead. It's just, like, he's done. And you're just like, wow, man, like, Foley just, is just so Just listen lucky. to Jim
1: Ross's call during that. It's fucking amazing. It's him at his pinnacle.
0: That shows you how good Jim Ross is. And I mean, of course, he's coming from a like, you know, a level of truth, but at the same time, like that is one of the go-to things to hear in your head when you start thinking of like great commentary. It's tough not to be able to sell it, but holy shit, does JR sell it? And you got like that little part of the match where they were just kind of like, Let's just figure out something else to do. And you've got um, uh, his name's escaping me right now. I just had it a second ago. Uh, Terry, Funk. Uh, Terry Funk. Yeah, that he's doing that. And JR is talking about how, like, well, you know, they've got their issues, but they are friends. And, like, he's
1: covering it, you know? Uh huh. Doing a damn good job. You know what, though? There's a huge debate about this match, and I want to hear everyone's opinion. Was the roof gimmick to break? Yes. Yes. I will tell you why. When
3: Mick Foley falls, you see zip ties right next to him. Really? Without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, that roof was gimmicked. What I don't think was planned was for that chair to be there and <laughs> fall.
2: <laughs> Steel chair that almost fucked him up. You know, yeah, I don't
3: think like, that was part of the plan at it all. must
1: been like, ow, that hurt. Ah, fuck.
0: He's just kind of like, well, this is going to hurt. Holy shit, I didn't know that was going to happen.
2: <laughs> Isn't that when his tough got like, lodged in his fucking nose? Mm-hmm. because the still Yeah, chair. that
3: fall was actually way worse than the one on the table. Which is shocking. Yeah. But he got
1: to roll... Well, when he hit the table, he rolled. That would have took mm-hmm. away a lot of the brunt of it.
3: Plus, the table just had a bit more give because it was a collapsible table. Right. And he also didn't have a chair falling <laughs> <out.
0: laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference when it comes to... I'm going to land on this, like, cardboard kind of padding sort of version of itself. Uh, you know, he hits the... Uh, Rest of the stuff that's in the commentary table—it's not gonna feel good. But you compare that to—I'm gonna get choke slammed, multiple feet up through a cage onto a fucking steel chair.
1: I'll take the goddamn fall onto the table any day. Just imagine how bad it would have been if Mick just hesitated at the last second. Ooh, like <laughs> like before he got thrown off—that could have ended ugly.
0: But that's the iconic thing for Hell in a Cell in my mind.
1: Oh, definitely. It's the number one thing that sticks out because it's just how frightening it was to some levels. Like, it was genuinely worrying what the fuck happened to this mm-hmm.
0: dude. And I really, really sincerely hope they never try to top it.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, they won't at this point. They know better. You know what cracks me up, though? Alright, so we've just put Mick through the ceiling. I'll just climb down. Oh, God, my ankle! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, it's, like, like, Undertaker hurts his ankle <laughs> just climbing down and mixed broken in that.
0: It is kind of funny, though, to think, like, Undertaker's a legit badass. Like, there's no arguing whatsoever. This dude has gone through a lot of shit. He could kick all of our asses at the same time. But it's funny that it's like, Mick Foley jumps off a cage, goes through a table, he gets chokeslammed through, he hits a friggin' steel chair and whatever like that, and Undertaker's just kind of like, Ow, my knee! <laughs> 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 oh my oh guys no seriously my leg like really hurts <laughs> there, he's got a tooth through his fucking nose he's <laughs> bleeding all over the place he's got a concussion broken ribs broken everything like he's as fucked up as Sean is when he gets hit by a, a bus or the, whatever happens next and uh and then Undertaker's just kind of like ah oh, guys ah oh, I got a paper cut it really stings <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think we got to call a time on this one. <laughs> time Z's.
1: Pansy Taker. Is that a new evolution? <laughs> is that a new I don't know.
3: I'm not calling Undertaker Pansy. That's all you guys. Hell no. This guy
0: gets caught on fire and just goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> well, at
1: least he didn't call him a big old dick. <laughs>
0: But a lot of these are forgettable. uh, uh wow, man! I really botched the hell to say <laughs> forgettable, <laughs> right, didn't I? Forgettable. forgettable. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, like Big Boss Man and Undertaker. The only thing that's memorable about that is the ending. Well, when it's
1: WrestleMania
2: fucking Big Boss Man.
1: You know what was the best part
0: about that match? The Brood got screen time, baby. <laughs> Random, <laughs> dusty roads, <laughs> baby, baby. Does anybody actually remember some of the other ones like, um... Well, I know that uh
2: oh, Johnson that to
0: Jericho versus Triple H, but...
2: Hey, that's the one where Tim White retired, alright?
1: No, that was the Kevin Nash one.
4: Mm.
2: Do
0: you guys remember Kane sure, and Undertaker? Man. From 2010?
2: I tell that's you the one, one that right, I, sure. I want to watch, but I always forget to watch is, um,
1: Armageddon. Oh, that, that, that is a, a, fucking... that's a... I love that match.
2: I haven't seen it, but I always, I've always seen the clip of Rikishi getting chokeslammed into the fucking haystack van. i, I tell you why
3: I love that match is because it was such a question where you had these six guys who were all on massive pushes at the time. Kurt Angle was going in, in the champ, and I was such a massive Kurt Angle mark at the time. And I was like, oh, God, there's no fucking way he's getting out of this match with that title. And that he fucking did it. That was like one of the most exciting days as a wrestling fan. And the right?
1: way he won was just perfect. Austin, I think, I think it, it was Austin or Rock laid the other one out, but they were so exhausted that they couldn't pin. And Kurt Angle just drapes his <laughs> arm over and gets the fucking win. Fucking it same was, way, right? <laughs> it was so well fucking done. That match is awesome because they didn't just leave it at the cell. They had the ongoing battle between Mick Foley's authority and Vince's authority. You had the fucking they went out and brawled it's and started doing. A truck for some reason. Yeah, that was to pull the cell well, down. i keep it going. Um, I get,
2: I get, then, the, I get the Rock. I get Stone Cold Steve Austin. I get Triple H. I
1: get Kurt Angle, But why the fuck, Rikishi? Rikishi was a huge villain All at right. the time. Rikishi they was... revealed him as the guy that ran over Austin,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and he's a fall um, guy. Yeah, he was on a massive push at the time,
3: and um, no, they, were, they were legitimately trying to push him. They wanted him to be a main eventer. Was yeah, but I mean,
0: he's the one that's got to take that big fall.
1: That really, That's a really big fall. God damn it. There's some crazy. really cool stuff though that they did on the uh, like uh, the ramp. They had all these cars laid out, and they were dropping each other with finishers on these cars. The match had so fucking much to it. And the start of it's just great. Austin's pretending he's just going to enter the door, and then just tags Angle and starts beating the piss out of him. So you
3: mentioned that Undertaker and Kane Hell in a Cell, and I will tell you that is one of my least favorite storylines ever. Uh, yeah. Undertaker and Kane, of course, a very storied rivalry, but that one they had that year
1: was fucking
3: dumb. And it ended with the fucking Nexus attacking Undertaker in that Buried Alive match. And then that never fucking went anywhere.
4: Yeah, that was so weird. So at this point, the
3: story of Undertaker
1: and Kane has been left, like, unconcluded. And they need to do that before it's too late. Maybe that should be his retirement match. I know people would hate the idea of him wrestling Kane one more time at Mania, but why the fuck not? Uh, why not give Kin a win. I
3: think it should like wrestle in a double retirement match. They should like they should have a match and they should both just like beat each other
1: into fucking oblivion where they both disappear into a puff of smoke. Hmm. Um what was I gonna say? Nope. <laughs> oh, that's... Kane you for Sean just said something and that reminded me of something and I forgot it already. Oh. Well.
4: Yeah, thing. yeah Undertaker
1: and Kane hell in a cell. Not not memorable. Probably the least memorable of any match they had, I would say. I was gonna say Kane naturally won the last one, Sean. So He's actually one zero, and he's actually the one up in the feud right now.
4: What a WrestleMania? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, not in WrestleMania, but I mean in general. Oh. Like they, they left. Yeah, he won. He, K- he won that Hell in a Cell, and he won that Buried Alive.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess yeah. You could have a- and then he became world champion there. after that. He was so-
0: champion for the Hell in a Cell match.
1: Oh shit! In some way, I wouldn't mind. Kane and Undertaker going out together, like as a tag team. We never like have them just <laughs> reunite for drinks. Hmm? he said he would mind them
3: going out together I was like what for drinks <laughs>
1: Hey, and yeah could that
0: could t- be that other WWE Studios three. movie
1: who hey, would you put the third guy in the room oh, with them though James gosh. The oh gosh they can such a championship you know who they should put in Bo Dallas because of how awkward it'd be <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: hey guys
1: <laughs> oh and apparently like he's I know we was talking about table three earlier him as the third shield guy <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great! Uh,
0: another one I'm—I think is really kind of underwhelming. DX versus Legacy. At yeah, the this time, yeah. It made this, sense, it, uh, but it, it did need to be a Hell of a Cell match. I don't, I over, the, I don't even I remember who won. It.
1: This was one of the most forgettable DX runs
2: DX won. What year was this? Two thousand nine. Ah, oh, that explains it. Ready?
0: Yeah, that was uh, what we were talking about in the Ask Him. The, the Hell in a Cell from 2009 had three Hell in a Cell matches in it. Undertaker Punk, Orton, Cena, DX, and Legacy. <sighs> Fucking
3: Orton and Cena. Jesus
1: Christ. Now, I'll Orton and fair, Cena I did have I an awesome I feud. I understand Orton and Cena and Hell in a Cell, but...
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't understand it the second time. On the third...
2: Wait, they've done three times?
1: Eventually, trust me. Okay, wow. <laughs> I don't
2: doubt
1: it. No, they didn't have
2: a three Hell in a Cell
1: matches. would probably be their
2: retirement match. They didn't even have two, did they? You know what the, yeah, they did. You know what the worst Hell in a Cell match was?
0: Oh, he did, yeah, that's right.
1: What? Worst what would you say is? Um, fuck. There's a lot of them that have happened. I'm going to have to search the list. Tony, worst, what
0: were you say? Worst hell in a cell?
1: Yeah. Worst
3: hell in a cell ever. Are you gonna count the dog kennel? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like if you count, I didn't count it because it wasn't cold hell in a cell, but if we're going by those standards, yeah, definitely the worst one ever. Well, where the vicious dogs all sat and pissed themselves. Yeah,
0: you you kind of can't compare, even as bad as some of the other ones might have been. You can't compare it to a match where literally dogs shit all over the place. God
3: bless the commentators' heart, so they tried to make him sound like they were vicious dogs.
1: It's bad, like they fucking. It's when that it's that kid that had an idea and then just tried, tried to keep making it better and better and just fucked it up. Oh, you mean vicious? Right. So? Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's have a cage match. Alright, let's have a cage inside of a cage. Let's put dogs in between the cages. Oh, and then let's light it on fire.
2: Who was that? Was it B- Big Boss Man and Al was it? Or Big yeah, Boss Man and Chick uh, fucking... Snake?
1: No. No, no it that Big
2: Boss Man and Snow. Did you really just yeah. say Snake? <laughs> I don't know why I thought Chick the Snake.
0: Oh, I got a great idea. Let's do a Hell to Cell, but with snakes
2: inside. That'd be pretty <laughs> cool. What does everybody want? Snake! The and then we'll set it on Alston fire. in fucking Hell in a Cell? and electrify it. In fact, let's make it electric eels.
1: Oh shit, I'm glad they've never done an electric hell in a cell. I want to see an electric anything after what (laughs) TNA did with the cage. Electric eel in a cell. (laughs) Wait, what did TNA do with the cage? Alright, so their idea of an electric cage was um, when the guys get hit up against the wall, we're going to press a button that makes the lights dim and flicker a bit and make buzzing noises. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't do it on time so it happened afterwards. It was fucking. So, anytime horrendous.
3: Bubba Ray is questioning his placement in WWE, they should just show him tapes of that and be like, oh yeah, gonna be back.
0: <laughs> so, you think about leaving again? Nope. <laughs>
2: nope, not at all. Matter of fact, you can be a pay cut if you want. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you guys pay check on time.
0: Hey, uh, that janitor over there, I'll help you out here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Love my job here. All right, for
1: anyone that <laughs> thinks we're uh, for anyone that thinks we're too harsh on TNA, that description right there should be enough to fucking symbolize why we're justified.
0: God, imagine if they would have had a chance to do a Hell in a Cell match.
1: Oh fuck me! They I mean, did. Called, they do. It's called Lethal Lockdown. It. Yeah, Lethal Lockdown. <laughs> That's true. God, like, I forgot add, about that. Didn't, like they add weapons to the roof. Yeah, and
0: then yeah, you know, these guys well, are all gonna fight with each other. And then, and like then I don't know, you have these, like, steel asylum.
2: Steel asylum was a stupid fucking concept as well.
1: We have to w- escape w- the whole WCW.
2: Hole. WCW outdid them all. What,
1: what, oh, the, the triple case.
3: cage! Oh, the triple the cage. tower of terror! Yeah, the triple cage.
1: <laughs> the hell in a cell on top of a hell in a cell on top of a hell in a cell.
0: <laughs> hey, go big or go home.
1: That was fun. You know what though. I'm not gonna lie. I marked out the first time I saw that. Do you think that match oh, was Actually, born? I love those matches. You that think was match was born because
0: their... they just went to McDonald's or something like that, and they were just kind of like, "You have a burger," and they're like, "Is that a single burger or a double burger?" And they're like, "You guys got
1: triple burgers." Yep. Wait, wait, hang on. I Do got... I, if I no, did, did that triple cell that have map... a lat- the ladder on top of it too? I could have sworn it did. Um, I think it Yeah, did. there was a ladder to get up to each level. That's how you did. Yeah, and I think that was then you had to pull the belt down from a ladder. Oh, I think no, that, at the top, that, that's a specific match. That,
3: that's
2: the match that fucking Vince Russo won.
0: I think at the top of the ladder, there were a bunch of
2: electric eel dogs. <laughs> War, Games is a, War Games is another one that I never got, that everybody seems to be no, War Games. going crazy War, about. War Games. War Games, War War is, Games. Is, again, is another one that started
3: out really good. But WCW fucking oversaturated it, and then they just were like, "Well, we gotta do war games every year because it's fucking Fall Brawl," and they got really shitty towards the end.
1: So we're all agree that WWE needs to do a quadruple cage match or cell match.
3: <laughs>
1: no, I think that. We, it's called we, the we Punjabi do, Prison Match, mate.
3: They need to do less cage matches at this point. Fuck it. Less cage matches in general of so any. So less
1: cage matches, but when they do, they put four in one. <laughs> what about they all make the
4: other
3: match it. concepts, like?
1: Why don't we ever see, like,
0: strat
3: matches anymore?
0: I still think Breaking Point was a damn good name for a pay-per-view. And you don't need to to do the gimmick of, like, everything's got to have some kind of a submission stipulation or whatever, but, man, get rid of Hell in a Cell and bring Breaking Point
2: back. Right, out of the two, right? Out of the Elimination Chamber and Hell in a Cell, which is your
1: favorite? Hell in a
0: Cell.
1: At this point, Elimination Chamber. Then again, that first oh, color, that first elimination chamber is one of the best damn matches I've seen. I have more yeah, fun uh, watching an elimination chamber match now than I do
0: Hell in a Cell. Like we've got our yeah, elimination matches. chamber
3: match has so much variety to it, especially like that last tag one we had with the New Day one. You know what? I've got to that change my a lot mind
1: of because of how bad the Hell in a Cell's gotten and how limited it's gotten. Elimination chamber does bring out the most hardcore and fun kind of shit. And mm-hmm. um, since the, Hell in a Cell is always meant to be for a blood feud, Elimination Chamber is just like, ah, fuck it, go kill each, kill each other. And then do you got you know, the Punjabi prison match, which only happened oh, twice. Yes. Thank
2: fuck.
0: See, what my big problem with Hell in a Cell now, outside of the fact that they've just watered it down by having it too often and with feuds that I don't care about, is they can't get anywhere near as violent as they used to be. And I don't wish them to ever do anything like the McFoley stuff, but holy shit. The worst way you can do a Hell in a Cell match is to have just a normal match inside the cell. Oh my god, we brought up the fucking steel uh, steps.
1: Oh, the chairs, there's a pile of them.
0: Yeah, that is like, you might as well not even do it.
1: There's a big issue. You don't need to go to the top of the cell and fall off. But if you're going to do a cell match, it needs blood. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about the people that have, like, anti-blading. Blood has a place in pro wrestling. It's still needed. It adds another level of excitement, another level of drama. Every time that Brock Lesnar has busted open the hard way, people have fucking raved about it. It's needed in these type of matches. Which,
2: who's got the two Hell in a Cell matches this year? Miss Undertaker Brock and who?
1: Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns
2: and, Bray, and Bray, Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, okay, that like, be terrible.
1: Roman Reigns could earn a lot of fans with the sight of him in a Hell in a Cell covered in a crimson mask and doing his fucking taunt before he does the Superman punch. That'd be a fucking awesome visual. But you won't get it. No,
0: see, and I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more next week when we talk about our predictions and stuff, but the fact that Hell in a Cell has gotten to this point now where I don't see anything really great happening just kind of kills all the buzz for it like I can't look at we used to be able to see like they would go alright we're gonna have this match and it's gonna be hell in a cell and we'd go oh shit and now it's like alright Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt hell in a cell okay so that's the hell in a cell match don't care and I mean the same would have applied with Seth Rollins and Kane wouldn't have cared Undertaker and Brock Lesnar?
1: Honestly, I kind of don't care. I'd rather have them done one cell match than need to just make it the main event, and that's all.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't particularly care about the Brock Lesnar and Undertaker Hell in a Cell. I've already seen it. Brock Lesnar already won. I don't give a fuck. Actually, there's one visual from the Hell in a Cell which is fucking awesome. Undertaker grabs Paul Heyman's tie through the cell and starts yanking him into the cage repeatedly, and Heyman does like an awesome (laughs) juice job.
0: So, one other topic that uh, I wanted to bring up here before we end this off, and we're kind of on the subject of why they shouldn't have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but if you were going to put Hell in a Cell anywhere else, outside of the idea of, like, well, you know, we obviously are just going to put it where it's necessary... Do you think it's got a specific spot where it should or shouldn't go? Like, I would argue Hell in a Cell shouldn't go at WrestleMania. You've got more than enough if, bigger matches and stuff, and I can't imagine a scenario where you can't already build a match that's big enough where you don't need Hell in a
1: Cell. End of an Era was perfect time to do it at WrestleMania. If the feud requires it, then do it. And that's I. That's my general answer yeah. for the whole thing. You, you, you should you never can't just move it somewhere else. That's the whole problem. The whole problem is, it's like, well, it's October, we got to
3: do it. If you just change it to, well, it's December, and it's a different name, it's still the same problem.
0: No, I don't mean to do it regularly.
2: Oh, no, no. If if you're gonna do it, I would say do it at one of the big four. It's a series. That
0: that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Like, if if you were to try to build it, like, let's say around this time period, we don't have the Hell in a Cell pay per view anymore. We've got Breaking Point. We got No Way Out. No Mercy. Whatever the hell it ends up being, Vengeance. You know,
1: in your house. Hayden's right, Survivor Series, that pay-per-view is Vince wants to kill it every year, give him a reason not to. And the name fits, too. Survivor Series. You have to survive the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I'm not I'll gonna you, lie, right? After this Hell in a Cell, I'd be happy if I not don't see another Hell in a Cell match for, like, ten years. To be quite honest, I could go without ever seeing one again and be happy.
4: Hmm.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far. But I do think we need two, three years.
1: Well, here's it's the, the thing. Crazy. They they have they only ever do a normal match in those things, so it's to the point where I'm just like, I'd rather just not have the cage obstruct my fucking vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true.
0: You don't like to see that uh, mesh and nothing else?
1: And uh, when they accidentally can't film because they've got no room and film the wrestler's asses only?
2: You have more interaction. I give TNA credit for
3: cage. one thing: they always cut holes in the cage so that they could fit the camera through.
2: Yeah, that's true. You have more interaction with a steel cage match nowadays than you do in a Hell in a Cell.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's weird. I would that's much like rather, I would, sad.
2: I would much rather be in a Hell in a Cell match than a fucking cage match at this point. All right, because you know you're gonna get thrown into the fucking cage at this point. In a cage match, whereas in Hell in a Cell, you're like. Uh, if I stay in the ring, the worst thing that's going to happen is probably some dude is going to throw steel
1: steps at me. <laughs> yeah, has a point. Like At this point, Hell in a Cell is a lot safer than a cage match.
0: That's weird. Huh.
1: It genuinely is. Like I can't argue with him.
0: I think that's a good way for us to kind of end this. Like, <laughs> a steel cage match has usurped Hell in a Cell. That's weird.
2: And also, Triple H is the king of last man standing matches as well as Hell in a Cell.
0: Sure I don't know John Cena. <laughs> Fucking John
2: Cena. That's another Cena.
0: discussion for another day, though. Uh, any last things you guys want to b- mention about Hell in a Cell before we wrap this up? I like how it's big. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, everybody, tell us your thoughts on Hell in a Cell. Who do you think is the most iconic competitor for this? What are your favorite memories? What do you think are the best matches? What are the worst matches? What do you think they should do in the future? Is it something you want to see? Or are you sick of it? And uh we've got one more thing left that we are going to do for this episode in part six? Six? Yeah, part six. That is the Fantasy League. So stay tuned. Click on part six if you're on part YouTube. Six.
4: Part six? And uh, part six
0: will be right up. Final thing on our slate for episode 204 is the Fantasy League. So I'm going to pass this over to Mr. Payton. What's going on?
3: Uh, I didn't catch it. I have my hands in my hoodie pockets.
0: Oh, man. All right. Well, toss it back.
3: Uh, I, I can't. I can't take them out of my hoodie pockets. Oh, damn it.
0: You know, if you would have just put up both your hands...
3: Oh, okay, that worked. (laughs) All right, so... uh,
0: (laughs) Remember we were saying earlier about people not getting our jokes?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So if you had attended Comic-Con this weekend, you would have heard one of the big, huge announcements coming out of the panels, and that is that Drew White's fucking shitheaded losers are still fucking shitheaded losing. In last place, 472 points. Narrowly ahead of them is Sean Walker's new face of gravity with 745 points. I guess that's not narrow at all. It's actually quite a sizable (laughs) gap. Steven Waco's team is in third place with 963, getting close to that 1,000 marker. Tony Manko's Tony's Tykes, too, still in second place with 1,056. And my team, our time is now still holding that first place strong, 1,235 points. Now, we had a lot of trades go down this session so far. Uh, It ain't done yet, and uh, I think it's time to continue some trades, huh? Luckily, I have first pick because there's someone I need to get off my team and his name is Kane <laughs> because I have a feeling that he's gonna be getting fired on Monday so uh Kane you gotta go uh in your place I am gonna pick up uh big wool that's that's big e for you uninitiated and he's gonna help our time is now keep it tight that's your name uh next will be will be Sean Sean you got any trades
2: you want to do can I change my team name, please?
3: I mean, you've
1: done so well so far.
2: I know, but I really want to change it.
1: What do you want to change it to? The Vanilla Midgets.
2: The Canadian Elephants! <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, to be fair, you got to give him that one. No, I am. I'm changing it right now. <laughs> Alright, your team name
3: has changed. Is there any trades you want to do?
2: Uh, yeah, I will. Um, Peyton, I will give you Bray White Dean Ambrose.
1: Ooh. Really? Yeah. You hear those reports about Dean Ambrose getting a big babyface push where Cena's gone? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear those reports uh, about the Canadian
3: elements? <laughs> I, I think I'm good. Dean Ambrose has been one of my uh, faithful players. I don't think I'm going to back out on him. But that was an interesting offer.
2: I will give you Adrian Neville, the Dean Ambrose. Dude, Adrian Neville's a fucking chopper right
1: now. Alright, I know that <laughs> deal didn't work, but here's a lesson twice ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's worth a bash. You can't, you can't fault a guy for fucking trying. Who's on the roster at the moment? Anybody get pushed? People like, that are on uh, I mean, teams. Rose got a gimmick change. <laughs> wow, fucking Adam Rose. Yeah, his I want to pick his pie pre- uh, is pretty good on NXT, but I don't get any points for NXT, though, do I? Nope. For fuck's sake, uh, Baron Corbin needs to get called up. Right? If Baron Corbin ever gets called up, I get first dibs. That's the rules. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's I went to watch. But at this current time... So, Sean, you got any fucking trades you want to do? At this current time, the Canadian elephants will rest.
3: <laughs> Going to the elephant <laughs> graveyard. <laughs> Uh, Tony, you're next
2: up. Uh, I'm
0: going to be making trades eventually, but this week I think I'm going to keep it the same.
1: go! Alright, I'm going to take Sean's Dolph Ziggler and give him Rusev. Right, Sean? Cool. No. Uh well, I got nothing Oh, oh, oh
2: I'll, I'll do one. I'll do one.
4: Yeah, uh, I will drop 12. Peach.
2: for Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh,
1: everybody wants a new
0: Order. day now, huh?
1: No, I dropped him off my team. Alright,
0: everybody wants a new day, huh? Except for Wego.
3: Well, uh, Paige is on the table if anybody wants her. Oh, that's sounded dirty. Paige on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Going once, going twice. Any final trades? Going once, going twice, and we are done. Teams are locked in for this week. Keep up to date on the latest rosters, scores, rules, whatever you want to find out about it by heading to WWE Fantasy League. jack
0: All right, everybody. That means that the only thing left we have to do for this episode are the
2: plugs. So, Sean, what do you want to plug? Uh, I will be recording my new show, which is called Premier Pals, on Thursday. Which is um, if you're going to follow me, uh, follow me on Facebook, which is Facebook.com/forward/slash/ Premier Pals, and on the Twitter, which is Twitter.com/forward/slash/ The Premier Pals. You see, I've got it all sorted this time. No fucking numbers, just wow, fucking Sean. words. I'm no impressed. spaces. It's Premier Pals. All right. Was anybody else expecting
0: when he said my brand new show it's called for him to uh, respond with the Canadian (laughs) elephants?
2: To be fair, YouTube is a bit iffy because you have to have over 500 subs now to have a custom URL. If I was to read out my YouTube URL, it's like fucking numbers for days. But Premier Pals, where we will be talking about the Premier League, which is soccer in my country. So stay tuned for that if you're a big soccer fan. And please oh, like my
1: no, Facebook Tony's, page and the Twitter. Tony's uh, going to change the name to Premier Pals on his YouTube now.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wigo stephenwigo.com at Stephenwigo on the Twitter app. And that's Stephen with a P-H because those who spell it with a V are virgins. And Payton?
3: I get it. Wait, no, I no. don't. Uh, hey, it's something about Canadian elephants. Ah! Oh.
4: Funny.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at MRPADEN. That's Mr. Paden. And for all things wrestling, com, WWE fantasy Elite.com, and the Raw Post Show live on megapowersradio.com. Following Raw.
0: Alrighty, guys. And for my side of things, if you didn't catch it in the rest, old shame on you. But just in case you didn't. Remember about all the other things like the Sign Me Up initiative and the ways that you can help promote SmartOut Out Moment and help support us on the monetary side of things and anything else like that. And follow all the Smart Out Moment stuff, but also follow the other things that are under a mango tree the All Talk Show and FanboysAnonymous.com. And all you got to do is go to those two different avenues and you will find links to all other types of social uh, platforms. Follow it on everything, like it, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. All that goes far. Just share it around with all your friends and family. Get us some new friends, new family, and we'll greatly appreciate that. Now that was do us in for this episode. Next week, we're going to be doing our predictions for Hell in a Cell, and I haven't quite figured out if we're going to do that separate from Smack Talk or not, and if we do do it separately, then maybe we'll do some other kind of a main event. Who knows? That'll end up happening when it ends up happening, but until then, this has been another SmartCout moment, and we're being
2: counted out. 5, two, nine. <sighs> 99 bottles of bow on the wall 99 bottles of bow You take one down, you pass it around Sean gets drunk even more 98 bottles of bow on the wall 98 bottles of bow Yeah, fuck that shit, I'm just gonna get drunk Outro, baby <laughs> Happy days Canadian elephants
4: Woo
1: Alright, shit, now we don't have to do an outro, (laughs) sweet.
4: Good enough.